Hi everyone, I'm Marcus Staples, and this is Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme of Christian hip-hop. Man, it's good to be back. Uh, if you didn't notice, there was no episode last week. The reason is I had all four of my wisdom teeth pulled, and recovery has been, well, interesting to say the least. But I'm back on track, and I'm glad to be able to get this episode out. So, before I introduce this song, as we all know, last Wednesday, March 5th, was Ash Wednesday. So that means it's Easter season. And Easter season means a slew of Easter-themed things coming, uh, whether it be movies or radio show themes. In this case, it's a podcast theme. And for the next six weeks here on Unpacking the Theology, we're no different. That's right, for the next six weeks, all the tracks we're covering are going to be cross and resurrection focused. So, without any further ado, on today's show, we will be unpacking Jovan McKenzie's track, The Funeral, from his album, The Isaiah 6 Complex. Now, the text he uses in this track is from Matthew 27. I'm not going to read it because I'm not going to focus specifically on the tale that he tells in this track. Though, some of the things I do like about it, theme-wise, are... First of all, and the most obvious one, Christ's death and depiction. And I think he does a wonderful job of um, setting that funeral feel to it, as well as being able to uh, pack in some major theology. And that's what we're going to be looking at. Also, along with the funeral theme, comes this idea of death. Well, the death of what? There are a few things that come to mind. Death of the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant. For the people of Israel that was given to them in the wilderness. Um, with the death of Christ also came the death of sin for the world. Uh, sin's reign over the world ended. Also, the death of, of the old self, of the old Adam that was in us. Now we can put that to death. So the funeral theme has a, a lot of cool uh, connotations with it. And if you're well read in scripture, they pop out at you in this track. So, like I said, I'm going to talk about the theology behind this track, and I'm just going to pick a few lines and then point you to some verses uh, that Jovan actually points you to. The first line is, Christ took the cross for my sin. This comes from Isaiah 53. This is a messianic text, and we'll be referencing it several times throughout this episode because much of Christ's death is depicted here. So, Isaiah 53 verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I'm sure a lot of you have heard that verse quoted over and over again. This specific verse depicts Christ taking our sin upon him when he died on the cross. Words like wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquities. These are all things that happened during the Passion. The next line is dead men would kill life. The text I'm going to use to show this comes out of Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17. And Yahweh God commanded the man, that would be Adam, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you will surely die. Now God wasn't necessarily talking about a physical death. Well, yes, he was, and that did happen. He was talking about spiritual death, being cut off from communion with the Father. After eating the fruit, Adam could no longer walk, literally walk in the garden with God. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the first verse out of Genesis talks about how we died, a spiritual death, 
and dead men would kill life is the line. John 14, Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, dead men, being us who are sinners, would kill life, being Jesus Christ. The next line is, Cursed is every man who was hung on a tree. For this one, we're going to go to Galatians 3, verses 10 through 14. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Here Paul is quoting from Deuteronomy 21 and showing his understanding that the Old Covenant foreshadowed Christ. That would be for us the Old Testament. The next line, he was a lamb to the slaughter. The text I'm going to use here comes out of Acts chapter 8, verses 32 through 35. The context of this text is Philip is on the road when he meets a eunuch who is reading scripture. So let's jump in. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was like this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter. And like lamb before cheers is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And here, the text that the eunuch is reading comes out of Isaiah 53, and it foreshadows Jesus. Next line, this was a plan from the Father. Now, there's many texts that uh, depict this, but the one I chose came out of Luke 22, verses 39 through 42. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him, him being Jesus. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not in enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now no one can deny this. This is coming straight from Jesus' mouth. Not my will, but yours be done. Jesus is saying here that the things that were about to come, since this happened just before his crucifixion, were the will of the Father. So that can't be disputed. We can't say that, oh, Jesus was killed by men or Jesus was killed because uh, the Israelites were such horrible people. But this was a plan of the Father beforehand. He was the perfect sacrifice is the next line. Hebrews 10, 11 through 14 says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Now, this is a bit from a larger context, and you kind of have to understand the larger context to get this. The priests made sacrifices in the Old Covenant. But that what they would sacrifice is they would sacrifice grain and animals. Those were the, the main sacrifices they would give. 
The problem was none of these sacrifices could take away sins permanently. Verse 4 in the same chapter says, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Yet that was their role. The reason is because they weren't a perfect sacrifice. And it takes blood to atone for sin. However, Jesus was the perfect sacrifice as he came in the flesh and lived a perfect life and then took the sins that were meant for us upon himself. The next line is, the creator was hung by his own creation. For this, we're going to take a look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. This should sound familiar to most of you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now there's a ton to unpack in this verse. However, we're going to focus on how that relates to the line, the Creator was hung by his own creation. See, in this text, the Word equals Jesus. So, if all things were made through him, him being the Word, the Word being Jesus, and without him was not made anything that was made, then that must mean we were made by the Word. Therefore, the Creator, the Word, Jesus, was hung by us, his creation. Now the last line I'm going to unpack here takes us back to Isaiah 53. He took the wrath for all those he chose. Verse 10 says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. He equals Jesus. Here the phrase, the Lord to crush him, or Yahweh to crush him, is the wrath of God being put on his son. Uh, the last line for those he chose is a theology that comes out of Calvinism. However, this is already a long episode, and I don't have time to get into the Calvinistic view. Just understand that this is a specific theology believed by a specific group of people. So, you can take a look at this song for yourself. I uh, encourage you to go check out the lyrics, and then go check out the song. Jovan is consistently digging deep like this throughout his entire album, and truly challenges the listener to go deeper in their theology. And the best part? This album is totally free. That's right, if you follow the link on our website, you can download this and Jovan's other albums 100% free from his website. You can find the link on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com. And, as always, if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please leave a note in the comments section, or use the link to find us on Google+. We hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you. God bless. Cry with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. He died. The father gave his son.